0: Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order and then we talk about them so that you don't have to. Uh, I'm your host Steve. I forgot to introduce myself last week um, but I think you know who I am by now and with me as always is my wonderful co-host Hannah. Hannah how are you doing this week?
1: I'm a little bit tired.
0: You're a little bit tired and why why is that? Is it because we just watched Rumblefish?
1: You know it might just be
0: (laughs) so uh, I had to
1: fight to stay away
0: (laughs) she really did the Hedda was dragging a lot at the end of this uh uh the end of this movie car just went by so I don't know if we'll keep that in or not but I don't really feel like editing it out so we'll just keep this all in (laughs) um so yeah we just watched Rumblefish this is Nicolas Cage's fourth movie and um, you know, like Hannah just said, and like I just said, she was. We were very tired coming out of the end of this movie. It's a very quiet, very moody film. Uh, so moody. It's so moody. It's so artsy. It's based on the book um, by what is her name? S. E. Hinton, who also wrote *The Outsiders*. Um, I thought this movie honestly felt a lot like it was. It felt like it was adapted from a book because there was it was very artsy and very metaphorical and things of that nature.
1: I felt like I was in my AP English class. Right. <laughs> talking about symbolism.
0: Yeah. Like like a film professor who goes, "So what do you think the train means in this scene? What do you think it signifies?" And it's just like it's black
1: and white. <laughs> do you think that reflects the mood? And it's like, "Yeah."
0: Yeah. It <laughs> right, <does. laughs> right. Yeah, so Yeah, it is isn't black and white. We'll get into more of the specifics in a second of this movie. Um, But just real briefly, uh, the movie centers around this guy named Rusty James. Uh, It's played by Matt Dillon, and it's about his brother kind of coming back into town. His brother was the old gang leader um, uh, of a dying gang. And so everybody in the town, all all of the gang members kind of look up to uh, his brother, who's played by Mickey Rourke. And um, yeah, so Nicolas Cage in this movie is one of the friends of Matt Dillon's character, uh, Rusty James. And, he plays uh, a
1: friend. He in, plays a
0: friend in a lot of movies. Lot. Yeah, yeah. I think Valley Girl so far.
1: I mean, I would want him to be my friend.
0: So. Of course, yeah. What was it from Best of Times? Look at his muscles. Wouldn't you want him to be your best friend, too? Yeah. yeah. So I just briefly looked this movie up on um, Rotten Tomatoes, and it got like a 70%, which is one of the lowest we've seen mm-hmm. so far. Um, so, yeah, I think it's because it might be trying to be too moody. Um, but yeah, so our first segment that we like to do here is kind of talk a little about where Nicholas Cage is at in his life. Maybe get a, a little artic- a, a little article up on uh, the movie and just kind of get a little bit of behind the scenes information. So what do you got for us, Hannah?
1: Okay. So we'll start with Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so the Outsiders came out first. Okay. Or I believe that they were filming The Outsiders while Rumblefish was also being filmed.
0: Oh, so Matt Dillon was doing double duty cuz he was also in It's the it's Outsiders. the same
1: year. So they're both 1983.
0: Oh, wow. Maybe they were filmed back to back or something.
1: Mhm. Both directed by Francis Ford Coppola mm. and then both adaptations of novels by S.E. Hinton. Apparently Nick auditioned for Rusty James.
0: Of course he did.
1: Of course he
0: did. It's his M.O. He, he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to go for the lead. Yeah. Every time.
1: Well, it didn't work out for him. Honestly,
0: though, like, as opposed to being Brad in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I think he would have been a good Rusty James. No. No? It would have been, like, not believable. Well, yeah.
1: It would have been, I mean.
0: But it would have made it more entertaining for us. Yes.
1: <laughs> it would not have made the movie any better. decidedly worse
0: (laughs) i don't know i think he would have done uh, so let me put it this way i think he would have done better as rusty james than he would have done as brad
1: that's probably fair
0: any other major uh uh, behind the scenes things from from rumblefish
1: well so rumblefish was matt dylan's favorite book apparently
0: oh really okay so
1: he told sc hinton
0: was it like i'll be in the outsiders if you make me the star of rumblefish
1: Pretty much. Okay. So here's here's the quote from the article that I found. It says that this was Matt Dillon's favorite book. When he told Essie Hinton, she said that when people thought that Rumblefish was their favorite book, they were usually in jail.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of got that feel. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, nothing else really. Like, I, we can. Yeah. We can, as things pop up in the movie, if you, I'll yeah. throw a fact in. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and it's kind of a result of this movie being pretty, pretty blah. You know, it is very artsy. It is in black and white. And we kind of learn why later on. But yeah, I think we can we can start going through the the, the movie. And as always, we'll do the notable moments and the, the Nick Cage scenes. And um, this movie's great because it starts out with a Nicolas Cage scene. The very first scene has Nick Cage in it. Thank God. Our boy, thank God, finally. We don't have to sift through five minutes of, <laughs> of nothing of some Valley Girl talking on the radio or something. Was the opening scene of Valley Girl? It was so weird. I don't even remember. Yeah, uh, we didn't. I don't think we even mentioned it. So <laughs> they we we open up on uh, the first scene and they're in the billiards club or or it's really just kind of like a bar almost like a like a diner with a pool table it's a, a billiards bar type of thing and uh, nicolas cage is playing pool no real notable quotes from him there but uh, people come in and they're looking for Rusty James, Matt Dillon's character. Wait, what was his name? Rusty James, Rusty Sorry, James. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that. <laughs> so, yeah, the, somebody comes in and it's like, oh, Rusty James, how you doing, Rusty James? What are you up to, Rusty James? Are you Rusty James, Rusty James? You must be Rusty James. They say his name like 11 times in a row and it's like, fine. we get it, it's fine. But, um, yeah, so we see Matt Dillon, and, and there's a very young-looking, very thin uh, Larry Fishburne. Uh, Lawrence yeah, that's Larry. Yeah, yeah, for it. he's got a pretty small role, but, yeah, he's in this as well. We learn that uh, Nicolas Cage's character's name is Smokey, and there's a lot of symbolism throughout the movie with smoke as well. I Not don't...
1: sure if that relates back to Nick's it character. It probably
0: does, so we'll talk about that in his sixth scene. <laughs> we need an English
1: teacher or something. I'm a little rusty on this. Yeah, a little rusty, a little James, rusty James on this. James on this. Yeah. I'm
0: a little rusty James on my symbol is rusty yeah. James. But so immediately as soon as we see Nicolas Cage, Hannah turns to me and she goes, "He looks 10 years older than he did in his last movie, which came out the same year." Yep. <laughs> he looks so much older. I don't know what his it is. His
1: face. Well, it might be the black and white isn't very flattering.
0: Yeah, I yeah, maybe.
1: His face just looks like haggard. <laughs> Maybe from sleeping in his car.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the whole point of this scene is that somebody challenges Matt Dillon to a fight. um, Because Matt Dillon has kind of taken the mantle of the leader of this gang after his brother left. Uh, His brother, Mickey Rourke. Also known as Motorcycle Boy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such a cool gang leader name. Motorcycle Boy. Mm -hmm. But um, it is very s uh Essie hinted because the main character being pony boy or one of the main characters being pony boy in the outsiders right, right? Yeah. yeah so <laughs> they're walking and they're on their way to the fight and um so this is uh matt dylan a few other people nick cage uh and then this guy steve who's like another uh major player i guess so he's not really that important so on their way to the fight uh nick cage you wanted me to point out he takes off his jacket ever so slightly to reveal just a little bit of his muscles just as traps just his traps yeah you were saying it's probably because you know rusty james
1: he were rusty james wears a tank top the whole movie and nick cage doesn't get the opportunity to show off you know all his hard work
0: yeah every other movie he's been a muscle guy
1: yeah with a shaved chest <laughs> His chest isn't shaved in this one. I think ah. we we did notice that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, So he didn't have to make that sacrifice. No. So yeah. the
1: jacket that he's wearing, actually.
0: Yeah, it's like. What does it say? Deuces Wild or something yeah, like that. Wild Deuces Wild Social Deuces. Club. Okay. So
1: it's actually Nick Cage's father, August Coppola's, um, jacket.
0: Yeah. Oh. So. That it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole movie is dedicated to August Coppola.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, was that in the credits? No, like de- in memory or yeah, in dead- uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Not in memory because oh, he, he died die. in 2009.
1: Oh. <laughs> I looked it up because I was oh. like, oh, did he die? Like, is that why Nick is the way that he is? But no, he was still alive. No. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Francis Ford's brother, who he said he got a lot of inspiration from. He's oh. like, he said it's uh, his first and best teacher. And hmm. that's in the end credits.
0: Well, this movie is about two brothers and stuff and trying to learn from brothers. So I guess I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. So on their way to the fight... Uh, Matt Dillon gets kind of sidetracked by his girlfriend, as played by Diane Lane, who's great. Um, so he's he's over at his girlfriend's house, and then we... You know what I didn't mention was we get a real close-up shot of Nick Cage's face. A lot. In... A lot, but particularly in that first scene in the, at the Billiards Club, um, where it's the like... Whole,
1: okay, so the filming of this movie is so, artsy, so artsy in general, but these specific scenes, like the focus is supposed to be on the person in the background who's talking but the f- but the camera is focused on the person who's listening yeah and it's like a fish eye kind of view so it's yeah. just like a real close up of Nick's stupid face
0: Right. So the focus of the camera is in the foreground right. on Nick Cage's stupid face. Right. While the person in, the, <laughs> in background the background is the
1: one who is actually talking and is important right. to the scene. Right. Not Nick.
0: Right. So it's it's a weird artistic choice. But, so it's you know, like,
1: it's, okay, Frankie, you really like your nephew, huh?
0: Yeah. It's like, who are we to judge Francis Ford Coppola? But at the same time, it's like, you know. It's like he's on. trying
1: to get him... His career started. Yeah, I Let's guess. Let's keep putting his face in. So yeah. He gets I, love more how,
0: time. I love how, you know, that original story we told in the first episode was like, ah, I want to avoid nepotism. And it's like, I feel like he really hasn't avoided nepotism Not this once. entire time. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Not, like, ah, the man. only
1: thing is changing his name.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, what role do you think he conceivably got that, you know, uh, isn't due to Valley nepotism? Girl.
1: Because mm-hmm. she saw his headshot, she was like, "Who's Nick Cage? Nick Cage I don't know. Yeah. He looks the, the part. Let's bring him in."
0: So yeah, he's like one for four on <laughs> no nepotism. Yeah. Anyway, so there, uh, you know, he agrees to f- Matt Dillon agrees to fight this guy, but he gets sidetracked at his girlfriend's house. So the next time we see Nick Cage is Nick Cage is kind of checking his watch. They kind of cut to him. He's waiting for him to show up to the fight. You know, so they're at the fight and. <laughs> matt Dillon's about to leave his girlfriend's house to go to the fight and you wanted me to write down uh the quote that diane lane said <laughs> yeah. on the way out she's like i thought you weren't gonna fight anymore he's like i gotta do this one fight and she goes you're <laughs> you're better than cool you're warm i i don't like that's such a lame line so he might have said something along the lines that prompted that i forget but it was like You know, I just want to be cool, or something. Yeah, I
1: think it was like fighting makes me cool. Fighting makes me cool. (laughs) You're better than cool. You're warm. warm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, so they get to the fight, and then there's this kind of guy who's crazed out on drugs, and and Nick Cage is really just in the background, and uh, Matt Dillon fights this guy, and then like every movie, this fight really escalates quickly. It's um, a Jets
1: and Shark situation though yeah. where I honestly thought they were gonna start dancing.
0: They might as well I mean we know that there could very well be musical numbers that come out of nowhere. True. But yeah, it was almost like they were snapping.
1: Yeah. It really was like that. Because the they the train comes by and then they were like they were like, Where's yeah. the rival gang? Yeah. And we were like, I don't know, and then the train comes by and out they like just like pop out and they just yeah. appear.
0: Yeah. And the whole scene, I, I thought this scene was actually pretty well shot. I thought it was kinda cool but there was a lot of smoke
1: it was exhausting to watch yeah it went and on have to, for like, a while keep track. Yeah. i don't know sometimes i have a hard time watching action movies in general and like trying to keep track of who's fighting who and like who just got stabbed because right. things just move so quickly and there's like a lot of close-ups so that they don't have to do too much like putting yeah i guess a yeah like in or like choreography or whatever so, and then this is also in black and white, and everything is smoky, and it's loud because there's, like, a train coming the entire time. And it so was... I had a really hard time focusing during this scene.
0: And it was filmed on cameras from the 1980s, from the early 80s. So it's, like, it's kind of gray. It's not as high quality as we're used to now. I will say, though. To follow characters.
1: Sure. Maybe the camera work wasn't as up to date, mm-hmm. the audio was some of the best audio I've ever heard in anything.
0: Yeah, it was really it interesting.
1: It was such a difference from Valley Girl. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Valley Girl, it was like the equivalent of somebody holding their phone up, you know, and trying to get concert video footage or something like that. Like that, the audio quality in Valley Girl was horrible. And this was so crisp.
1: It, uh, it almost felt like they recorded it and then... Redubbed they it. redubbed over it where the actors were just lip syncing.
0: Yeah, they and they may and have they really, done that for
1: some of the scenes. I think they did.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It it was really really clean audio, um, but you know, except Mickey Roar. Yeah, Mickey Which Rourke. We'll get into. Yeah, his whole character is that. There's uh, a
1: fact about that. Ooh,
0: okay. Well, um, yeah. Well, let me see here. Well, we we see Mickey Roar come up at the end of this scene. Oh, so. The, yeah because he saves talk the about what
1: happens in the fight
0: yeah so like i said it escalated quickly this other guy stabs matt Dillon with this giant piece of glass so matt Dillon goes down but then mickey rourke shows up motorcycle boy and he basically <laughs> on, his on his motorcycle right up the exact right time and he throws his motorcycle he lets it ride right into the to the guy who was who just stabbed matt dylan so what and then you know they're like Ugh, he's bleeding he's gushing blood so they got to take him out of there um but yeah, so what 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 were you going to say about Mickey Rourke?
1: So <laughs> the director decided to model the character's look after Albert Camus.
0: Who's Albert Camus?
1: Like an existentialist.
0: Oh. That's so dumb.
1: It it just makes m- so much more sense with like the whole movie like it's it's just trying to be so artsy.
0: Yeah, and so we later learn about uh, Motorcycle Boy. As a motorcycle goes by outside, not sure if that gets picked up on the mic. But we later learn about uh, Motorcycle Boy, that he is very hard of hearing and also colorblind. Um, And he's a very specific, rare type of colorblind, where he can only see in black and white. So it's kind of like, oh, well, that's why the audio is so important. That's why the movie's in black and white. Um, Because we're sort of seeing it through his perspective. Sort of, even though the movie's from basically Matt Dillon's perspective, who's a different character. I don't know. So, it <laughs> just pulled up a screen on her computer and it had this very dramatic shot of Nicolas Cage. But anyway, so the next time we see Nicolas Cage, uh, so Matt Dillon's bleeding out and he's kind of going in and out of consciousness and he's having these somewhat dream sequences. Um, where he is either at work or he's at school, and he sees Diane Lane, like, kind of undressing in work or school or something. He You know, she's on top of a bookshelf or something. And this one might win Best Dressed for uh, Nicolas Cage, but he's sitting in the front of the classroom in the dream sequence, and he's sleeveless, and he's got this perfect feathered hair. I
1: know Best Dressed.
0: What is it? We'll get there. Is it later? Okay, all right. Maybe Maybe I'll think of it later. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know what you're going to say, because it's the next scene. So... <laughs> So the next scene, uh, Matt Dillon recovers, and I don't know why this is part of the movie. I, I Honestly.
1: It felt like, in Valley Girl, how the director was forced to have nudity, like, four yeah. times.
0: Well, I mean, good, but okay, so this could be part of the book, right?
1: That's true. We didn't read the book. We didn't read the
0: book. <laughs> if you're coming here for a literary review, you've come to the wrong place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the next scene is, you know, Matt Dillon's recovered or whatever. He's mostly recovered. And it's him and Smokey, Nick Cage, and a few of their other friends and some girls. And they break into a house.
1: For a party. At for the a lake. party.
0: At the at a lake house. Yeah. A lake house. They break into this lake house. And.
1: It was Nick's idea, apparently. It
0: was Nick's idea. They and were like, like,
1: Smokey, you have the best ideas. And he, he's like, I know. <laughs> I
0: know. <laughs> and. So they break in, and then people start like you know dancing and grinding, and then you're like, oh wow, that woman's like naked, and then you're like, oh, there's Nick Cage, he's like with a naked woman, and four other naked women, and two an other orgy. naked men, it and was it was an, an orgy. <laughs> it was like an orgy on a bunk bed. We
1: saw Nick Cage's bare
0: ass. Yeah, they cut away to Matt Dillon. Nineteen
1: year old bare ass. They cut, <laughs> old <he>
0: <laughs> they cut away to Matt Dillon, and they cut back to Nick Cage, and Nick Cage like rolls off the bed, and you see. You see Nick Cage's full butt. You almost see his butthole. You, I'm
1: pretty sure you see his. If you pause at any moment, if you, you, you go, saw his butthole. If you go straight That, my friends, is the best dress to wear. <laughs> for Nick Birthday Cage. suit. Best dressed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, man. Uh, that, was a, that, was, that was out of nowhere. It
1: came out of the blue. It made no sense. It had nothing to do with the plot.
0: No. No. Although it. it it kind it of cr- does. Well, it
1: created a fight between yeah, uh, Rusty James and Diane Lane.
0: Yes, yeah. So that's kind of what happens next is that uh, Rusty James goes over to Diane Lane. And he's like, hey, baby, what's up? And she's like, I heard about what happened at the lake house. And what we found, what we saw in this scene, too, was that I-, I turned to Hannah and I'm like, is this town on fire? <laughs> because, again, there's a ton of smoke. So I think... what I think
1: Francis Ford Coppola told his production assistants get every smoke machine in the los angeles region and bring it on set for this
0: every smoke every fog machine this side of the mississippi you bring it over here and we're gonna smother this town nobody's (laughs) gonna be able to breathe for days you
1: could tell where the fog was coming out of yeah
0: you could almost see the machines but in
1: every scene yeah yeah so we think that the symbolism here is that every time he has, every time Rusty James yeah. has a conflict or is in a fight, Smoke appears. Yeah. And that's why we're like, well, his friend's name is Smokey, so could that correlate? Or are we just thinking way too into this? Yeah. I feel like I'm in English class. <laughs> I overthinking know. Overthinking every single thing.
0: Yeah. And then, really, it's like, the author goes, it's it's the classic example of well, the curtains were blue to represent the infinity of the skyline and, and, the, and the deepness of water. And then the author comes out and goes like, no, it's just a blue curtain.
1: Yeah, the author's like, <laughs> blue's my favorite color. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: Like, that's kind of that classic example. Of, yeah. You know, English teachers uh, read too far into. Um, so I also made a note at this point where I was like, everybody in this movie is always sweaty. Everybody's just glistening with sweat at all times. I don't know. This
1: may have been where I started nodding off. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: might have been. But so anyway, Matt Dillon, he's upset that his girlfriend broke up with him. And uh, he's kind of pumped about his brother being in town. And his brother tells him, like, "Uh, I I drove up the coast or whatever to California. And I found our mom. And he was like, why didn't you tell me you found our mom? And he's just kind of like a little pissed that he's living in his brother's shadow. So he gets really drunk. Him and his buddy Steve get really drunk. And they take the back alley home. And... He gets clobbered in the head with uh, a, yeah, they get a tire iron. yeah, And uh, of course, who's there to save him again? But Motorcycle Boy saves him again.
1: <laughs> the, motorcycle. the
0: Motorcycle Boy. <laughs> and so this is the next time we see Nick Cage because uh, Matt Dillon has another kind of like existential, like a, a dream sequence because he's knocked out unconscious and his body right, he like... He
1: sees his body yeah. floating above himself mm-hmm. and then his floating body like... I think that actually I read that... That correlates to something the outsiders.
0: Oh, huh. But yeah, yeah. Fighting. So, um, so he, his, his body or his spirit or whatever, kind of floats to Patty, who's or Diane Lane, and uh, oh, Diane Lane's little sister is played by um, what's her name? The uh, Coppola, and Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, right? August.
1: No, that's his brother.
0: Oh, August Coppola's the guy. Phyllis. No,
1: <laughs> I think it's Sophia. <laughs>
0: Sophia. What's the difference? <laughs> it had an F sound in it. <laughs> yeah. But so, she goes
1: by Domino at this point in her life.
0: What a bold choice.
1: Because <laughs> in the credits, it was like an introducing Domino. And I was like, hey, who the fuck is Domino? I wonder if
0: anybody calls her Domino these days.
1: Probably her dad. Uh,
0: so yeah, so they're in the dream sequence. And he, he floats to Diane Lane and, and her sister, um, played by what's her name, Coppola. And then he... Domino Coppola. Domino Coppola. And then he floats to the Billiards Club where all of his buddies are, are there. And Larry Fishburne goes... You know, uh, to, a, to a very cool dude, to Rusty James. And then Nick Cage is like, to Rusty James. And everybody chimes in. Kind of boring. So I don't know if you have any other uh, uh, stories there. You look like you're searching. But I can talk about the next time we see Nick.
1: No, I'm I'm looking at, like, literary reviews of this. <laughs> oh, my God. Since, you know, it's a book and, you know, put into a movie. And it's
0: English class.
1: Yeah, and this is, um, welcome to English class. yes. Yeah, other people have obviously obviously noted that in every scene in the movie, there's smoke coming out of a trash can, a manhole. Oh yeah. Something else. Um, yeah. So Francis Ford Coppola wanted the film style to reflect the fleeting nature of time. So there was we we also noted this. There's like yeah. a clock sound in
0: Like every scene. <laughs> every every other scene, scene, yeah. Ticking. Yeah, there's a lot but of ticking it, clocks. It there's a lot didn't of clocks. Yeah,
1: overshadow the audio, and, right. they pro- and honestly, they probably overdubbed the audio because the clocks were too loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. This was uh, this was kind of a, a, a tough watch. This was rough to get through. Yeah, Matt Dillon recovers from his second major injury where he's hitting the head and he's he's bleeding. Out. He's bleeding out, and he uh, uh, he goes back to the billiards hall. And he's, he's kind of... He's really hurt, so he can, like, hardly walk. And Diane Lane comes in. And he's like, hey, baby, looking for me? And she's like, no, I'm looking for him. And who is it but Nick Cage? Smokey. Wearing his wild deuces. Smokey gets the girl. With his
1: feathered hair. Oh,
0: I was so feathered. Especially in this scene. It was up there. It was that real Hollywood hair yeah, in this scene. Yeah,
1: they teased that shit. Oh,
0: they really teased it. That, that was, like, 30 cans of hairspray before they knew what it did to the environment. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so he gives Diane Lane a locket or something that's got a picture of him in it. And he's like, yeah, that's me when I was five. I was even good looking back then.
1: <laughs> he plays the same character. In yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, This kind of arrogant prick. But um, so Matt Dillon and him, Matt Dillon's like, come outside. I want to talk to you. And Nick's like, you're going to want to fight me. So I'm going to kick your ass because he can hardly walk. But they they do end up just talking and it was very boring, especially for a Nick Cage fan. As we are. Yeah. Um, they just talk and, and we find out that, you know, it was Smokey's idea to go to the lake house and get the orgy going because he was really after Diane Lane. He wanted Diane Lane to break up with Matt Dillon. Yeah. So I have
1: a, th- I have a theory. Yeah. Which I'll share when we're done explaining okay. the plot of the movie as to why Nick Cage's acting choices are so boring in this.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so he planned the orgy. He's got the Hollywood hair. He does take a second to look at himself in the mirror um there's like the, the mirrored glass in the front of the shop he's like looking at himself kind of pointing at himself and fixing his hair i think he
1: like winks too or something
0: yeah i think he does wink and then uh, as he's walking back into the to the billiards uh restaurant the shop whatever it is he there's two little kids like playing <laughs> dice and he goes here boys and he throws him some coins and then um yeah so what even happens next? Uh, Matt Dillon meets back up with Motorcycle Boy.
1: Motorcycle Boy goes to the pet store and finds. Yeah, he's like, some... "Meet me
0: at the mo- meet me at the pet store," and then they start pointing at beta fish, which they call Rumblefish. Right. And the beta fish are the only thing that's in color in this entire movie.
1: Can he see them that they're in color?
0: No, because he makes a comment. He's like, oh, "I wish I could see the color." And Matt Dillon's like, "The colors are so cool." Yeah. Does no
1: one understand what? colorblindness
0: is yeah i'm th- i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that there are very very rare forms of color blindness that are monochromatic
1: so you're like a dog
0: right yeah but it's very like a typical colorblindness and even steve like the smart character in this movie he's like hey man i thought colorblind was like that you just can't tell like between red, red and green. brown yeah <laughs> yeah so Those
1: guys deaf and he mumbles they nicknamed the movie mumblefish apparently because Mickey Rourke you can't understand a word it's that it's very so quiet it's so quiet okay this is Hannah in editing so what we're about to talk about literally very ironically happened as we're talking about just just listen here
0: quick side note about you know audio quality uh, if you're listening, thanks for sticking with us after that first episode. So apologies for that, uh, horrible audio quality. And I don't know if you've also noticed this, but there are moments in some of our other episodes of this podcast, like this one, where it sounds like the audio changes and we've got this weird audio glitch that's been happening. So we're trying to figure out some kinks still. Uh, but if you do notice anything like that, uh, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I'm worrying about it.
0: But, uh, so anyway, he's at the pet store and he's like, oh, I bet, I bet if the, I bet if the fish were in the river, they wouldn't fight because they have to fight because This guy's obsessed fish.
1: with, like, he's like, I just want to go to the ocean see the water. Yeah. Like the fish to be in the water. Well, I want to but, be in the water.
0: Yeah. And then, so, they go to the bar. They they run into their dad and have a conversation that you can hardly hear. <laughs> and then uh, they get really drunk and they go back to the pet store. And they break into the pet store. This is Matt Dillon in, mm. in Motorcycle Boy. And Rusty James. and Mickey Rourke. Rusty James. Oh, Rusty James. Rusty James. Rusty James. Rusty James. So Mickey Rourke, uh, he opens up all the bird cages. He lets all the birds out. He lets all the dogs out. He lets all the guinea like, pigs be out. Be free. Yeah. And then he's carrying the the tank of betta fish towards the river. And there's the cop that's been after him all movie. He's kind of hiding behind a corner. And the next thing we hear, we we go back to Mento, and we just hear a gunshot. And motorcycle boy's been shot by the cop. I guess because he was stealing or something. and And this
1: cop is headed out for him the whole movie so
0: yeah and then uh uh, rusty james rusty james throws the fish in the river and then we see nick and diane lane they're like comforting each other you are like what happened diane's like what happened over here maybe rusty james rusty james was here and nick cage is like i have nothing to do with this and then matt Dillon takes the motorcycle and he drives to the ocean because he's never seen the ocean and there's a, a long shot that says, Long Live the Reign of Motorcycle Boy or something, in graffiti on the wall. And uh, that's pretty much it. That's. It was. I don't know. I, I asked you several times if you'd seen Roma, because it reminded me a lot of Roma, the movie that was nominated for a bunch of awards last year for the Academy Awards. Um, but Roma was a lot better than this movie. Um,
1: it, I mean, it was just artsy.
0: Yeah, I'm it not was so always artsy. Into that. Yeah, Uh, briefly, the sirens on the police vehicle were in color, so I don't know if, again, like, I don't want to have to interpret the significance of everything. Everything's a metaphor. They were obsessed with the fish because the fish fight each other if they're in the same bowl, and it's like him and his brother, they always have to fight, and are they even really fish if they don't fight, and... Are they even really people and they're always... Rusty James. If it's, not, a, James, if it's James, not an Rester emotional James. fight, it's a physical fighter. And uh, uh. Yeah.
1: It was work to watch
0: this It movie. was work. This this felt like work. <laughs> um,
1: we ain't getting paid for this.
0: No, we're not getting paid for this, but that's okay. It sponsors, if you're listening. <laughs> um, yeah, so those are the scenes. What are your kind of closing thoughts we've talked about how we hate it overall um you know i usually kind of ask you a handful of questions like would you watch this movie again i think the answer is no would you show this movie to anybody maybe know, if you wanted to my f- english teacher yeah if you wanted to play a prank on a pretentious english teacher <laughs> just be like how great is this movie right and they'd be like oh yes the symbolism i love it and you're yeah. like no this movie is actually very very boring
1: shout out to my ap English teacher, 12th grade.
0: Ah, uh, who was Ms. You? Rosenberg. Ah, uh, I had... Jamie Rowe. 11th grade, Mr. Cunningham? Cunningham? I don't know, i C- go to your C- school. Calla something? I don't even <laughs> remember his name, that's probably bad. Sorry if you're listening. <laughs> tweet it. Let me know your name, tweet at me. <laughs> um, do we want to do the awards, or you said you had something you wanted to hold till the end?
1: Yeah, I have a theory. I, I think... It's I, not written anywhere.
0: I have a very important question for you before you give me what? the theory. did nick cage show his uncle francis ford coppola his real real acting
1: (laughs) (laughs) and no and that okay so this is this is part of my theory oh okay
0: i beat you to it i'm sorry yeah
1: so in the previous few movies Mm -hmm. we've heard that nick cage had issues on set or he was fired from set for being too weird yeah so i think i think right before this movie was filmed or maybe like maybe nick cage had weird improvisations in the first scene that they filmed of him or something. I think he got a stern talking to from his uncle.
0: Mm. Where his uncle was
1: like, "This is dedicated to your father. You will not disrespect me. Wow, yeah, maybe you will not show me great acting." <laughs> so I, I don't know. Like he was just he had a very blah performance. Yeah, it was really all of boring. his lines were said with like no gusto. <laughs> None of that nouveau schematic.
0: It really lacked nouveau shamanic. It
1: Lacked in the nouveau shamanic
0: yeah yeah that's kind of a shame i mean but that's kind of it we can do some awards sure best nick cage scene
1: i think the one where he is with diane lane
0: yeah and yeah i mean like it's the most of him yeah um I, you know, I I almost kind of want to give all of the awards to the orgy scene just because it gets oh so my God, random. I forgot about the orgy scene. I mean, that's scene. that's best dressed, as we said. He, <laughs> yeah, best dressed. He doesn't have a scream, so there's no best scream.
1: Someone else screamed, and I was yeah. thinking I was shocked that it wasn't Nick.
0: Yeah, it was like Nick Cage. It was Hiddens. like one of the <laughs> other buddies. It, yeah, it was Matt Dillon, I think, who screamed, or somebody.
1: I think it was Christopher, something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah yes Christopher something really launched his career <laughs> this probably movie sleeping in that <laughs> <laughs> yeah also it's like 9 30 on a Saturday night like we shouldn't be as tired as we are but we're exhausted after this movie <laughs> um so what do we what else do we do uh last week we tried to incorporate a, a most nouveau shamanic scene what about, that. what about so I I was looking down I wasn't looking but you said he did something really weird when he was oh
1: yeah they all slid down like a pole. It, this was in the the first fight scene where yeah, they're, Rusty's about to fight the crackhead guy. Yeah, with all the smoke and the trains and, the and train, stuff. Yeah. So when they were on their way there, they much like in West Side Story, are like jumping through the city.
0: Mm, yes.
1: <laughs> so um, there's a moment where like three of them go down like a fire pole or whatever, and Nick Cage just jumps off of it in a very like flamboyant way that's uh, yeah. the best way I could describe
0: it so that's probably our most nouveau shamanic, yeah. the most interesting acting choice
1: it's probably the only like improv that yeah. his uncle let him do he's like dad he's like uncle frank can I can I jump or something or can I do something cool right. and he's like do whatever frank, you want
0: just fuck it it's just <laughs> we're we're on the clock here kid um I have a feeling when he went here boys and threw them some coins I have a feeling that, <laughs> that might that may have been improv. <laughs> improv yeah uh, worst, worst Nick Cage scene. I mean, none of no. them are great. Um,
1: I can't remember half of them.
0: Uh, in the billiards club in the beginning, the very first scene. Then no, like the that fight one, Cause it
1: was his face for most of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a great moment when it was really up on his face. Uh, then there's the fight. Then there's the, the dream sequence where he's just sleeveless in school. Uh, then there's the orgy. <laughs> then there's the other dream sequence where they're like, to rusty james that's probably the worst one and then there's the one again at the billiards outside where he's like i was the one who set up the orgy
1: no probably the end where he was like wasn't me yeah
0: yeah i have nothing to do with this (laughs) um yeah Yeah. i don't know
1: sorry to disappoint
0: yeah i know sorry uh... to complain too i know (laughs) (laughs)
1: like oh i'm so tired this movie was such a drag it was so much work (laughs) being very negative
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it's all right um (laughs) i know i looked it up but i already forget what's what's next week's um movie oh yeah you Um, said
1: it it wasn't a movie i've ever heard of
0: no but it's one of those ones where um he's someone's friend he's someone's best friend again and this
1: is his this is his niche right here yeah the beginning of his career
0: oh that's right i put my phone on airplane mode in a in an effort to try to get that weird sound out
1: hey it me again um it didn't work
0: um so let's see here oh crap i also could have looked this up (laughs) yeah you have a computer (laughs) oops oops Uh, let's see and it would be 1984 racing racing with the moon racing with the moon who else is in that uh it's another sean penn movie oh so it's uh sean penn elizabeth mcgovern nicholas cage and john carlin so um yeah you know, pretty good cast. Um, doesn't have any critic reviews on IMDb. I'm just looking at the IMDb list here. So uh, yeah, like all of our other movies, we try not to look too much into it before uh, watching it. So.
1: And for some of our friends who have said, oh, I'm so excited for Wicker Man or leaving Las Vegas, oh, it, yeah. it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Buckle There's up, like, folks. There's like 20 more movies before he makes those
0: that is the the comment oh, that, w- off, that yeah. we get the most often is when are you doing wicker man <laughs> so uh, in
1: 1995 he made leaving las vegas where he
0: won the academy award
1: correct and then the year later he made a movie called the rock which oh, I don't
0: know you don't know the rock oh no. man that's a classic All right. then
1: con air and con then Air's face great. off so it's gonna i mean that's it's gonna, gonna be, be a while as... until we get to that but it's gonna be
0: good that's gonna be good <laughs> Um, because he
1: made like three movies in 93 oh man (laughs) and then three in 94 (laughs)
0: oh christ i was gonna say about one man man never stopped working no
1: not one a year just like hasn't taken a year off
0: jesus christ
1: yeah because he's made 100 movies he's not 100
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is a very good point
1: thank you all right let's let's let's,
0: and on that yeah let's 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 rank them oh god this is this is the end this is the bottom of the barrel for me. Yeah, definitely. It's not that great Nick Cage-wise, no. and it's not even a good movie. Like, at least Fast Times at Ridgemont High was a decent movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah. So, I think... So, what is that... That keeps... So, it's
1: Best of Times yeah. is first. Yeah. Valley Girl is second.
0: Yeah. Fast, Fast Time- Times at Ridgemont High is third. Rumble and then Rumble is fourth. Okay. We gotta write these down or something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and sorry, I mean, if you like these types of movies, we don't have the same taste as you, I guess. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Everybody's allowed to like a thing as much as they like a That's thing, true. and this, we don't like this thing. Well,
1: I mean, the critics didn't receive this well. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola contests that it's like one of his favorite things that he's made, but oh. the critics uh,
0: disagree. Well, I agree with the critics and disagree with the director.
1: <laughs> All right, so now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings.
0: I love it every time. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Uh, <laughs> we'll cut that part out. No, we'll, we're we'll, that. we'll keep it. In. We'll keep it. In. That'll be at the end. Ready? Mm Mm-hmm.